Hey, what's up? And thanks for listening to the Give Me Understanding podcast. I'm Aaron Dodson, the host. Psalm 119, verse 34, best describes this podcast. The psalmist wrote in the long ago, Give me understanding and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. This is the podcast where I discuss the sacred text and I do my best to help myself and others understand it so that we can keep God's law and observe it with our whole heart. This episode is a continuation of the series I've been doing, Seven Final Sayings. These are the seven final sayings of Jesus from the cross. The first was a word of forgiveness. The second, a word about the future. And in this episode, a word about family. Of all the things that the Lord could have said from the cross, He spoke words of forgiveness, future, and in this episode, family. Don't tell me that family is not extremely important to the Lord Jesus. It is. And we learn that from his life and also the words he spoke from the cross. And of course, also the passages that he had his apostles to write regarding husbands, wives, children, and family. The Lord spoke words of his family and regarding family. In these words, John 19 25 and 26, John recorded that Jesus said, When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her to his own home. John 19, 25 and 26. The Cultural Backgrounds Study Bible tells us that women were expected to mourn and were considered a low risk for acting violently. Soldiers might allow them to come near a dying prisoner even if the soldiers wanted to keep others away. That, again, that's from the Cultural Backgrounds Study Bible. It is very possible that Jesus' mother was a widow in her 40s at the time of Jesus' death. Because men controlled most legal proceedings, having a male advocate was vital. Since Jesus was the oldest son of Mary and Joseph, that is, Joseph by adoption, he was Joseph's adopted son, not biological son, but since Jesus was the oldest, he was responsible for his mother's care. Jesus did have younger brothers. John chapter 7, verses 3 through 5, tell us that. Listen as I read these passages. John 7, 3 through 5. His brothers therefore said to him, Depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world, for even his brothers did not believe in him. And then from another passage, Matthew 13, you may be familiar with these verses, or it may be you've never heard these verses before. Matthew 13, verse 55, Matthew recounts for us, now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? 
and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? When then, or excuse me, where then did this man get all these things? Truly, Jesus had younger brothers, and he had sisters. But though he had younger brothers, he committed the responsibility of his mother at the time of his death to a faithful disciple. And by doing that, he was treating John as a member of his own family. Mark 3, 32-35. Our Lord Jesus Christ loved his parents. And he loved his friends. And he loved his disciples. The Lord would often teach things like, Who are my mother, my brother, and my sister? Who are they? They are those who do the will of God. Mark 3, 35. But that does not mean that he did not love and respect his mom and his adopted dad, his adoptive dad, his um, dad by marriage, we would say, not his biological dad. Joseph, but he loved and he respected them, and he was good to them, and they were no doubt good to him. I recall a passage from Luke chapter 2, verse 51 and 52. After the young 12-year-old young man Jesus was missing, and they found him in the temple, it says that they didn't understand the statement that he had spoken to them about being about his father's business. Luke records, Luke 2, 51 and 52, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. The word means obedient to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Our Lord loved his physical parents, and he respected them when he was in his youth. And no doubt loved them even at the prime of his life when he died at about the age of 33. He loved his parents. He loved his friends and he loved his disciples. And, and, and I can connect with that. I'm very close to my parents. My parents are very near and dear to me. They mean a lot to me for multiple reasons. If for any reason, because they were so good to me when I was growing up, I was super blessed to have mom and dad at home married to one another who spent quality time with us, who taught us, who prayed with us, who taught us how to pray, who read us the Bible, and on and on the list goes because they were people of faith, and my life was tremendously blessed by that. And so as a result, I'm very near, my parents are very near and dear to me. And now that I'm an adult, they are my friends, and, and I love them. And, and again, I could just go on and on. But you know perhaps what it's like. Maybe you don't have your parents very near and dear to you, but you have someone else who is like your parents to you. Uh, they are like parents to you. They may not be your biological mother or father, but they are like your mom and dad to you, and you cherish them. Well, they are important to you, and that's important to the Lord too because God is the one who made the family Genesis chapter 2 and he has regulated the family that is he has given the family 
uh, specific instructions as to how to behave and, and how to conduct themselves. There is to be much love and respect, hard work, care, discipline, all of those things in the home because the family is the bedrock of society. And our Lord loved his physical parents. And by the time Jesus was on the cross, again, it appears, it is very possible, that his mother was a widow. There is no mention of Joseph after, not in the text, after Jesus is about 12 years old. Our Lord made statements like, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. Matthew 10, 37. And that is true. Everything that the Lord said is true. That doesn't mean that we are to not love our parents. God instructed uh, Paul to write, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And husbands, love your wives, and wives, respect your husbands. And then in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, Fathers, don't provoke your children to wrath. Bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. And one other passage comes to mind that I like. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, don't provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. So God has instructions for children and fathers and mothers and husbands and wives because the family is so critical to life. And when Satan tries to belittle that, when people buy into those lies and try to think that they can subvert God's way or ignore God's instructions or make light of those instructions, we see the dire consequences. When Jesus our Lord was hanging on the cross, he spoke words about his family. When Jesus saw his mother, there he is in agony on the cross. He sees his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by. He says to his mother, Woman, be, lady, behold your son. He says that. Then he says to the disciple, John, behold, look, your mother. And from that hour, that disciple, John, took her, Mary, to his, John's, own home. Our Lord loved his parents. He loved his mother. And he saw to her cares and her needs. Family is so important. And if we are to honor the third saying of Jesus on the cross, we must, to the best of our ability, Provide for the needs of those around us, especially our family. 1 Timothy 5 verse 8 says, If anyone does not provide for his own, speaking to the man specifically, and especially for those of his own, excuse me, especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow, what does it mean for a Christian man who does not take care of his own family and provide for them? Well, he's denied the faith, the gospel. He's worse than an, than an unbeliever, someone who doesn't even believe in God. Wow, that's powerful. So God says, take 
care of your family. And again, back to the Colossians 3 passage, listen to these words. I think sometimes Ephesians is read uh, more often than Colossians, at least from my experience. So I want to read Colossians one more time. Colossians 3, 18 through 21. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. God has instructions for the family. When our Lord was hanging on the cross, he was concerned about the care of his own mother. And no doubt his mother would have been going through much mental anxiety and grief. To see her son dying in that way, oh, how it no doubt broke her heart to see her son dying in that way. But as the Lord continued to reveal himself, and as she continued to learn, Jesus was not merely her physical son. He was her Lord and Savior. And we learn of the attitude of Mary even after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Acts chapter 1 Verse 13 and 14 tell us that after they obeyed the Lord at his ascension, they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer, and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So there we have the family of Jesus who prior, not his mother, but his brothers, prior to his resurrection did not believe in him, in his true identity. But then we learn that through the love of Jesus, through the example and the teaching of Jesus, and through his powerful resurrection, his brothers, they started following him, and they learned that he was Lord, and no doubt obeyed him. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7, after that he was seen by James. I do believe this would be the brother of the Lord. And I think the same is true in Galatians chapter 2 when it mentions James. James was the brother of the Lord. James 2, I'm sorry. No, I had it right. James 2 verse 9. When James, Cephas, that is Peter, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that had been given to me, Paul, they gave me, Paul, and Barnabas, the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. James here is not James the Apostle because James the Apostle of Acts chapter 12 was killed. He was killed by uh, Herod. Herod had him put to death. James the brother of John, Acts 12, 2. So Jesus' brothers uh, became followers of Jesus after his resurrection. And his mother was with uh, the brothers of Jesus and with the apostles after the ascension of Jesus. 
and no doubt continued for as long as she lived on this earth as a servant to her Lord. You know, and that her son, who had been her son, who became her Lord. And, and I want to emphasize this with family. It is a blessing when you have physical family who love and obey the Lord Jesus. I can only imagine the blessings that Mary and Jesus' brothers experienced in their own lives, in their own family, because of their decision to obey their brother, who was more than their brother, who was their Lord and their master, their God. So I hope and pray, I say I pray, let me correct that. I hope, I don't know that I've ever prayed that, but I hope, because I don't think prayer would do anything at this point, it wouldn't. But I hope that Jesus' brothers, Joseph, Simon, and Judas obeyed, and I truly believe that we can be confident that James and Judas did because Judas would be Jude who wrote the letter. And so you have two letters in the New Testament written by family members of Jesus. James chapter 1, verse 1, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. So James identifies himself as a bondservant of God and of his brother, but he calls him the Lord Jesus Christ. So he understood their relationship together. Jude, verse 1. Jude, a, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. Well, we know that James, the brother of Jesus, had a brother named Jude, Judas. Jude is a shortened form of Jude. Excuse me. Jude is a shortened form of Judas. So we have two of the epistles in the New Testament written by half-brothers of the Lord Jesus. Again, family is very important. But within physical family, when we have physical family who obeys God we still need to treat them as brothers and sisters in Christ. And by that, I mean hold them to the standard of God's Word because they're Christians. We don't need to treat physical family who are Christians as unbelieving family members, but treat them as brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a double treat when you can be physically related to someone and spiritually related to someone. And the way this happens is through much teaching and through influence and example and then, of course, learning and conversion. Again, doubly blessed, duly blessed. I am very blessed. I am doubly blessed that my mom and my dad are Christians, and my brother and my sister, they are Christians, and that's a decision that they have made. And my grandfather is a member of the church. I am very blessed because that's a double relationship I have with them. They're not only physically dear and near to me, but they are spiritually dear and near or near and dear to me. Okay, so family, family, pay attention to those in your own family who are spiritually related. Don't overlook them and do not treat them like an unbeliever. Treat them as family spiritually and hold them to that accountable standard of the gospel. Don't be over hard on them, no more than you would anyone else but help them to live by the gospel too. If we're going to honor the third saying of Jesus on the cross that Jesus spoke regarding his family, 
we must, to the best of our ability, provide for the needs of those around us, especially our family. Sometimes we have a family or a family member who is very difficult to work with and to deal with. This episode is not designed to go into great detail of how to troubleshoot you know, those troubles. But let me simply say, the principles taught in God's Word are the only real answer. If we will believe and obey those truths, we can have peace and unity in our family and in our physical families. Now what happens is often one party is obeying God, is trying to do what's right, and the other party or parties, groups of people, are not. And so then there is a there is a division in that family because of loyalty to Christ and loyalty on the other part to someone else, to other people. Notice these words before I close. Luke 12, verse 51. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I, I tell you, not at all, but rather division. For from now on, five in one house will be divided, three against two, and two against three. Father will be divided against son, and son against father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. So Jesus came because he wants people to be divided? Absolutely not. The prayer of Jesus, John chapter 17, is that all who hear him through the apostles' word might be one, John 17, 20 and 21. But what happens when some in a family hear him through the apostles' word, the scriptures, and they obey from the heart, and then others don't? Well, there's a division. So that division comes from following Jesus. And if you're in that situation, my prayers are for you and with you. Remain faithful to your Lord and Savior because ultimately the most important relationship is your relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you can, through your love and your kindness, your generosity, your seriousness and your conviction to God's will and to God's Word and to God the Son you may indeed win over that individual who was once at odds with you in your own physical family. Keep that in mind and be the best example you can be and do not compromise God's Word. And when someone who does not want to, someone in your family who does not want to, uh, does not love Jesus, does not want to do what God's Word says, when you stick to God's Word and you treat them with respect and you still care and you still concern for them and you still do good to them, they'll take notice. They'll know who you are by your works, by your fruit, and it will give glory and honor to your Father in heaven. And it just may be that they will come to God because of your great conviction and the power of God they see working through you and in you in the way that you treat them. May God bless you as you seek to serve Him, especially when you have physical family members who turn against you. Our Lord had physical family members who did not accept Him. He knows what it's like. Some of them were won over. I wonder if all of them were. Perhaps not.
But our Lord remained faithful, and He gave His disciples a charge to continue to serve and to love and to teach. And we have that same charge. And we will be able to reach others. And in the spiritual family of God, even when our physical family rejects us, we have, through Jesus, a spiritual family who can be there and will be there for us through the thick and through the thin. As our Lord said, that through serving Him, we gain houses, brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, and children and lands, all of these things, if we have forfeited them for His name's sake, if we have sacrificed them in order to be loyal to His word, we will receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. The Lord will take care of His own. He says, even in this age, we'll receive houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. Our Lord will provide for us. Thank you for listening to this episode. If it blessed you, will you please do me a favor? If you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Give Me Understanding podcast, please help me out by sharing this podcast episode with others through email, through text, through Facebook, through Podbean, through whatever venue you listened. Share it so that others can have this material before them and they can partake of other episodes that are available. I encourage you to check out my list of episodes. I've been doing this now for over two years. I have a number of episodes that are available uh, that can speak to a number of different things in Scripture. You may find other episodes useful and helpful to you or useful and helpful in teaching others as you seek to carry out the Great Commission. Uh, In this uh, effort, I truly believe that God will be blessed uh, and people will be able to find the truth. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your encouragement. Again, thanks for listening to the Give Me Understanding podcast. God bless, and I will catch you next time.